Welcome to the Monday podcast. We've come to the third fruit of the Spirit, peace. What picture does that bring to mind for you? I'll be honest, I, I think of a Zen Buddhist, legs crossed, hands at his side, fingers gently pinched together in a trance-like state with a slight smile on his face. Perhaps you're less of a hippie than I am. And you picture a scene from the Lake District, mountains stretching high into the air, and at the foot is a tranquil lake. The air is still, the water's like a mirror, quiet, isolated, peaceful. Or maybe your mind goes back to Christmas 1914, as German and British soldiers climb out of their trenches and cautiously move toward one another. They shake hands, exchange presents, two armies, bitterly divided for a brief moment, reconciled. Peace is one of those things we find hard to come by in our modern world. For many of us, our places of work are full of busyness and stress. And yet Paul insists that this is something that the Holy Spirit can grow in us. But what exactly does he mean by peace? Well, he's probably not talking about the peace made with God, the reconciliation between two parties that was made when Jesus shed his blood on the cross. That is a wonderful peace. Ultimately, of course, all our peace flows from it, but that is Christ's unique work on our behalf. No, what about the peace that God gives us? Well, I think that is certainly in mind when Paul's talking about the fruit of the Spirit. When I became a Christian, I remember learning verses from a Navigator book, um, Topical Memory System, I think it was called. And there's just one that stuck in my mind more than any other. Philippians 4, verses 6 to 7. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Paul uses a, a soldiering term, guard. The peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. Picture a castle. There in the centre, in the keep, safe and secure is your heart and your mind. And patrolling around the ramparts is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. But this is in the midst of a war. Missiles and cannonballs fly in. Worry and anxious thoughts. And yet he protects us from each one. Sounds lovely, doesn't it? But we have our part to play. In every situation, we're not to worry. That is, we're not to preach to ourselves negative thoughts. Some people say, oh, I, I, I don't have peace because I'm, I'm just a natural warrior. No, you're just very, very good at actually speaking negative thoughts to yourself. No, why not use that energy instead to bring those worries to God? Mix in some thanksgiving as you go. But there are prayers and prayers. And sometimes all our prayers look like is worrying before God. No, that's not what Paul's talking about. Remember, he said a little bit earlier, the Lord is near. Picture him, the living God, there with you in the midst of the night as the anxieties fly at you. Remind yourself who you are praying to. 
And the promise says that the peace of God will guard your heart and mind. A guy called Jack Dawson painted a picture for a competition on peace. And the judges went from one picture to the next, unveiling them and evaluating them. And they were all just riffs on that Lake District picture that we thought of earlier. And then they unveiled Dawson's picture. And a gasp went round. All the others pictured still waters. His was a, a storm. Lightning flashes in the sky above the mountains. Water pours over the waterfall in torrents. What was he thinking? Peace? But look closer. And actually you can because I've stuck the picture on the email. Look in the lower middle and you'll see a dove seated on a nest, protected by the rock. Picture a peace amidst the chaos and madness that surrounds her. And then look at the rocks in the upper left. Can you see they're shaped like the face of Christ? He is our rock. And in the far middle is a cross carved out. I know it's a little bit twee, isn't it? But I like the thought that you can have peace in the midst of the business if you remember the presence of Christ is with you. So the peace God made, the peace God gives, but also the peace God calls for. And I think this is what Paul has primarily in mind when he thinks of the fruit of the Spirit, seeking peace amongst Christians and in the wider world. Romans 14 verse 19 says, So then, let us pursue what promotes peace and what builds up one another. As leaders, that's what we're called to pursue. Peace in the body of Christ. But how do we do that? Well, we'll be the kind of people who address and resolve conflicts among ourselves rather than adding to them or causing them in the first place. We're not naive. Such situations arise and they're stubborn like um, uh, Euodia and Syntyche in Philippians. Remember these two women? They're fallen out. We don't know what over. But Paul pleads with Clements to help them be of the same mind in the Lord. Let's give ourselves to doing that. We should avoid words and attitudes and expressions that create misunderstanding and division. We're not to be stirrers, but to be peacemakers. So think before you speak. But when you do mess up, and let's face it, we all do, then be quick to apologise and say sorry. Don't make people drag the words out of your mouth, kicking and screaming. Now, the forgiveness we have in Christ means we should be the best people at both forgiving and asking for forgiveness. Don't jump to defend yourself when things are said or done against you. Instead, trust God to bring things to light in his own time. In 1 Corinthians, Paul says it's better to suffer wrong than to take another Christian to court. When there are grievances and disputes, we're to follow the way the Bible tells us to resolve them. First go to the person, then bring someone else, and only then are, are kind of uh, more people to be involved. And as we go public as a last resort, we don't uh, splash it out over social media as the first thing we do. And avoid all kinds of gossip about other Christians and two other Christians. Let's learn to keep a confidence. But look, someone says, come on, Andy, we live in the real world. You may not, but we do, the secular world. Can we have peace there? 
Well, yes, we can. Actually, that's where it matters the most. I guess all of us will find ourselves in the midst of a frantic, bustling, busy world tomorrow. Perhaps the office, the workplace, the home, maybe in a traffic jam, a school playground or a busy supermarket. Our calling is to live with God's peace in our heart and to seek peace among others. And trust me, if you do that, it gets noticed. Think how you would stand out as a Christian who's not driven by anxiety or ruthless ambition, not devastated by failure or loss of employment, but instead someone who has a deep inner peace from trusting God. Such a person bears silent witness to Christ by being like him. So a prayer. May the God of hope fill us all with joy and peace as we trust in him so that we may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm.